single with Jeanette and Tracy. We are not relationship experts or sex therapists. We are two people navigating the world as single, independent feminists, having honest conversations with other singles in today's device-obsessed culture. We hope you'll join us on this journey as we navigate the ins and outs of singledom. Welcome back to Hashtag Single. I am Jeanette Bonner, your host, and I am joined today by two really cool people. I'm here with Cindy. Hi, Cindy. <laughs> and David, our voice of the patriarchy. Hello. You guys, thank you so much for joining me today. We have a lot to unpack here in this episode. Um, so a little backstory for you guys. Um, I actually just met Cindy about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> I just met David. <laughs> We're all strangers. Um, no, that's not true. I met David a couple months ago on a set and we started talking a lot about um, dating, spe- specifically in reference to your cultural background and your upbringing. And um, he had a great idea for this podcast episode in honor of the upcoming Asian Pacific Heritage Month, which is celebrated in the first 10 days of May. There's a lot of talk around black history and a lot of talk around uh, women's history, but not as much talk around Asian Pacific history. So we thought it'd be really rad to change that. Um, and have a podcast specifically around that uh, for the month of May. Yes. So he reached out to a friend of his, Cindy, um, who agreed very sillily <laughs> to come on this podcast. Uh, she will regret it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that, that's cool. So. Uh, um, yeah, so I'm really excited to have both of you here to do kind of a different um, episode. It's going to be the same, but um, with a framework around kind of how uh, our culture and your culture, um, both your heritage and the contemporary Asian American community, how that affects dating. <laughs> Sounds easy, right? <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna get in there. We're just going to freaking get in there. Um, and um, David, as much as I love you, you know the rules. You're going yep. to sit back, shut your off. mouth. More interested than... And um, even though this was your idea, so I totally appreciate I that. I was like, oh, you pitched it, so it was going to be like a combo. Uh, thank, I would love to do that and have you on the podcast. Okay, now sit back and relax. Um, yeah, so I'm mostly interested in talking to Cindy, but of course we're going to get your... Um, your story and your input as well. But first of all, Cindy, I want to hear, uh, we start every episode. I ask all my guests, where are you at in your single life and your single journey? Um, okay. So I've been single for about two and a half years, give or take. Um, I'm cool with being single. I'm not actively dating right now. I, I put work as my priority and is dating would just be in the way. So, uh, to be honest, the last day I've been on, it has been like, it's nine months ago. Okay. And that's on purpose. That's great. Don't, it, it's a waste of my time for right now. Good. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I, I think that's important to talk about, like, especially for women. If mm-hmm. you're like, um, I don't think that this would fit in my life properly in this moment. So it's honestly better for me to pause yeah. and focus on the things I want to focus on. I don't have to be dating all the time. I don't have to um, 
be searching for a relationship. Yeah, I don't I have to find fulfillment in having that other person in my life. So snaps for you and your feminism. Love it. Um, so when you were actively dating, mm-hmm. were you dating on apps or were you trying to do the impossible, which is meet IRL? Uh, <laughs> I think a mix of both. Also, I guess it comes in increments when I feel like it's time. It's, I feel like I want to date. So the last time was a mix of both, like random. But this uh, this guy, I was at my niece, like my cousin's second daughter. So she's my second cousin. It was her sweet 16. And their family friend was there. And they're like, you're single, you're single. And like basically dragged him to meet oh, me. He he was okay. Like I was like, all right, we we talked a little bit, and then when I finally did go on a date with him, like just um, it took a bit, little bit of time because I was away, and I came back, and then we finally met up again. Um, I don't think it mattered whether that was I technically met him in real life or through the app. It just didn't work out anyway. I felt like personality. Well, you didn't choose him, and he didn't choose you. Like someone put you together. Technically, but like uh, I, I want to give it a chance. As we were talking, he seemed like a nice guy. Like, yeah, I wasn't going to give him my number just because my relative thought. Oh, good. Okay. Single. Okay. Good. So I just wanted to give it a chance, and then yeah, after the first day, I was like, no, no I'm good. <laughs> and then I went on a date with another guy that I met through the app, through an app. Um, it was Okay Cupid. Mm-hmm. I liked him, and then we were we talked about going on the second date, but he suddenly seemed fickly, and I'm like, eh, forget it. Let's just stop yeah. talking. There's no point. You're the, I said nicely. <laughs> I'm though. over this. I said nicely. Like that's not. It's not a fit. And that was it. And then I'm like, all right. I my, I want to focus on my work now. Yeah. What do you do for work? Uh, so I'm a screenwriter. First, I started as an actress. So right now, I'm focusing on screenwriting and produce producing my stuff. So right now, it's been. Yeah, screenwriting. Yeah, yeah that's great. And, I mean, not for nothing, like, that takes so... People don't realize, like, you can't just do it when you get home from work. Like, it takes so much attention and focus and uh, so much of your time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just texting with a guy on Hinge, not texting, messaging, um, and he was complaining to me about the fact that I constantly... He was like, when can you meet? And I'm like, I'm super busy this week. I'm really sorry. Um, but I never, like, ghosted on him. I was just being honest. And yeah. he was like... And then he started getting nasty, and he was just like, why are you so busy all the time? And I was like, dude, it's New York. Like everyone's really busy. This is not an abnormal response. I'm sorry. We're just going to have to like try to find a time that fits. And he was like, you should be making this a priority. And then I was like, now we're done because you're judging me and you don't even freaking know me. And he was just like, <laughs> like, I felt myself being like, I went up four dates in January. Like, who cares? Like, why was I telling this guy? Like, I like to prove to him that I do go on dates, mm-hmm. uh, which was so silly. But um, he was like, if you're busy during this month, you should delete the app. Wow. <laughs> I, I was like, uh, I just wanted to be like, I, I don't think you even understand how many times like people have just sort of dropped off messaging me because they're busy. And here I am at least letting you know, honestly, that I'm like, this is not a good month for me, but we yeah. can keep chatting. I understand his point of view where like, he was like, we're going to talk till our infinity and keep talking. Yeah, but here's the real deal. You guys like, if the conversation was really interested, interesting, I I would have made time for him, right? Mm. <laughs> uh, like I was kind of bored by it, so I was like, ah, oh, if it's convenient to me, we can meet up. But like, if it was going off gangbusters and I was finding myself really attracted and curious about this person, uh-huh. I would have figured it out. You know what I mean? It's better that you cut it off then. I mean, only because he got nasty with me. 
I was like, excuse me, why are you judging me? You don't even know me. Delete. Let's go. Let's go. Um, so anyway, I commend you for taking space in your life to focus on what you need to focus on. Um, uh, so you are, you were born here. Yeah. Yeah. From and Queens. are you first generation American? Yeah. Okay. Like, I always get confused. It's like, like my parents sure. are American, <laughs> immigrated here, but they're American now. But so they I'm were like, born in another country yeah, yeah. is what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so you define yourself as Taiwanese American. Yeah. Taiwanese and Chinese. So my dad's from oh, okay. China slash Hong Kong. And then my mom's from Taiwan. When people ask you that question, especially in this industry, mm-hmm. how, how do you find yourself answering it? Do you just say I'm Asian American? Do you say I'm American? Um, uh, I mostly say Asian American. You say Asian American. Or, or like Taiwanese. I identify more with the Taiwanese side. So Got it. I would say like Taiwanese American. Yeah. I'm always curious about that because there's so many different cultures in Asia. Mm-hmm. And yet we've like, it's like a whole continent. Mm-hmm. I've just been like, there's just one culture that is Asian American. But it's so specific. Um, people do that because they don't want to offend someone and say like, oh, you're Chinese when you're Japanese or you're yeah. like, etc. So I'm always just curious how people personally define themselves. So you say Asian American. Yeah. I generally say Asian American. And then like, sometimes I say Taiwanese American. Yeah. It depends on who I'm talking to. I feel like. And what language do you speak at home with your family? Uh, so Taiwanese with my mom and then my, I speak Mandarin also. And then English with my dad. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. So Taiwanese, Mandarin and English. Okay. Cool. So I guess I'm curious about, um, sort of based on uh, some of the things that David had said to me, mm-hmm. um, how, if any, I don't want to like lead you down the path, but I'm curious if you feel like there's any conflict from the way you were raised, mm-hmm. um, from essentially immigrant parents, um, coming into like a, the American dating scene. Like, is there any conflict around that for you? I mean, my my dad doesn't care. Like personally, he doesn't really give a rat's ass. It's just a lot of nice guy, whatever. Um, my mom is on the conservative side. She would prefer, she, she's, she would prefer Asian American, East Asian, um, someone of a nice family or like, she's just more conservative. Um, like as far as how it affects me, I would say very little just cause I have that barrier for myself. Like I judge I, my preference is my own rather than anything to do with my parents. Yeah. Um, when we were, the three of us were chatting over email about getting this podcast um, episode off the ground, David shared a link to another podcast. Um, the podcast is called Escape from Plan A, um, which I was not familiar with, but it is a podcast that talks about the forbidden topics in Asian American culture. Um, and they were talking about another podcast. <laughs> Do you love this rabbit hole? Um, NPR's uh, um, Invisibilia podcast podcast, which is um, a show about human behavior. So uh, Escape from Plan A was talking about this new, and these just came out last week, you guys, um, about this episode um, on NPR and um, unpacking what this girl was, this girl was talking about. And what she was talking about was um, the fact that um, when she was swiping on Tinder or other apps, she felt that she was sort of unconsciously rejecting people because of the color of their skin when swiping um, and wanted to kind of, she was sort of swiping yes on white faces and not swiping on people of color and people of her own race. Can I ask you a difficult question? Go for it. Have you, so this girl that was on this episode, this NPR episode, I listen to it. Um, do, 
do you feel any inclination towards internal sexual preference with a racial bias? Um, I want to start with the the episode that we were referring to. Okay. I mean, the episode within an episode, which is on I our episode. I didn't listen to NPR, but I listened to the the Plan A link, the Escape from Plan A. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Escape, Escape from Plan A. I didn't fully get through it just because it's, it, it's like two hours long. That and the narrative annoyed me. So I, yeah, it's a lot of dudes. To be honest, this would piss me off about it. There was like a lot of men talking about a woman's behavior, um, which really I was like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, can you mind your own damn business? And I just want to, I want to mention that they had one female guest in there Mm -hmm. and she actually spoke up and said, this episode for me was not political or even sociological for her. It was about the mechanics of desire. Like how does a person come to desire X set of characteristics? And I was like, yes, girl, like let's clear the air. You know, she was very smart to like get to the heart of the matter. Um, I would, I would have preferred if the conversation was more female driven about that specifically, but that's too. And also in general, I hear a lot of the narrative Asian American woman with a white man. And I feel like that, that's such a blanket statement that hasn't been true for me. And for a lot of Asian American women that I know too. So I'm like, what can, why is that the only narrative that's playing mm. versus, um, cause it makes it sound like, Oh, all Asian American women just love white guys. And it's not even true. Of it's so not. not true. And, um, so that's kind of reason why I just stopped listening yeah. to that thing. It was um, like, perpet- it's perpetuating, perpetuating one story. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And making assumptions on the rest of us who of course, don't fit of course. that. Um, which is racism in the first place, uh, like making a subject about an entire race or an entire gender based on one specific episode or situation mm-hmm. you know and then as far as uh me personally i i do prioritize like men of color over white men and reason reason being because as a minority they would understand my struggles more oh. versus like i i if, if i talk to a white guy I'm, I'm just gonna go off i might go off about their white privilege and the things that i have to deal with personally um but i just wouldn't i feel like i would have to be filtered yeah and oh my god, that's so interesting about it. I can't relate to that. So if we right. were talking to each other, how I wouldn't be able to relate to that. Yeah. I'm sure he wouldn't be able to understand me either. It would be hard to find that common ground. So you just want someone that like understands understand your background other, and where yeah. you're coming from. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um that's great. I mean that's <laughs> if we could only all be that woke, right? My God, you make it sound so easy. Um so I was on a date um in January with this guy who's Indian. And he wanted to play 20 questions, yeah. which was an interesting approach on a first date. But I was like, OK, I'm into it. And one of the questions he asked me, he said, have you ever been in a relationship with a brown guy? And I was like, whoa, that is an intense question to ask on a first date. I respect that you asked that. But like, also, holy crap, are we already talking about this? Mm-hmm. Like, And um, the truth of the matter was. I haven't really been in a proper relationship since that long-term one. So like, I was like, I've dated guys of different races, but I haven't, I've gone on dates with them. I haven't dated. Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay. But I found it so interesting that he needed to know that on the first date. And you know what I mean? Like we were already talking about, and I, I wanted to pick it apart. And then I was like, let me let it go. I was like, do you need to know? Because you want to know my sexual past do you want to know because 
that's it. That's tells you who I am or like, is that a value to you? I'm not really mm-hmm. sure what he was hoping to get out of that. Cause obviously we were on the date together. I was going to say, it doesn't hurt to ask if that ever happens again. Why are you asking? <laughs> I mean, in a nice way, like I'm curious why you're asking. Yeah. Like it's yeah. important to you. So how come you're asking? I think like, I might have said something curious, and yeah. I think he was just like, I'm just want to know what you're, you know, it was like, it was really flippant. It was just sort of like, oh, I just want to know what your past is or something. But I'm like, there's more to this story. Yeah, like, you yeah. brought that up in 20 questions. I'm like, where did you grow up? And he's like, have you dated any brown guys? I'm like, okay, mm. okay, let's just get in it, you know? Yeah. So um, anyway, it just made me think a lot about, um, as, as this woman very properly put it, like the mechanics of desire, like where does that stem from? Um and is it inherent? Like, is it cultural or is it something that's generational or is it something that like experiential, something that we just. All of the above. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, like Bill brought up that you both. can't pinpoint, you know, um, because a lot of this podcast is about online dating. Mm. What were the apps that you were on when you were online dating? Um. I tried Tinder a little bit, but the guys were just so whack. Like they would not, I had to, I had to message everybody. It's like, come on, dudes. Nah. Um, so that I didn't meet anyone off of that. Okay. Cupid. I met a couple of guys. Yeah. Uh, I started hinge, but I knew I wasn't serious. I was just browsing. So I didn't <laughs> too bad. You didn't run into that guy who like totally would lay into you and be like, Oh, you should delete this app if you're not serious. Oh my God. I had to lay in on him. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I signed up for think I signed up, but it doesn't like I didn't necessarily meet anybody. Um, Bumble, I yeah. So you made the rounds. I made the rounds, but like I didn't meet on meet guys from all of them. Yeah. Um, what are you? So we talk a lot about like what is not working with online dating and how our sort of device obsessed culture mm. is impacting dating especially around like gender roles and stuff is there anything that's been specifically frustrating to you um whether around like dating online or just like online culture whatsoever Damn. Uh, i'm not sure about the online culture thing but maybe for my personal experience i find that i'm the one messaging these guys yep and, <laughs> and i'm like all right that that okay you know what i at least it makes me know that for me i'm serious about that Serious enough to message them. At least I actually have an interest in you, not just like sitting around waiting to be picked or any of that. Yes. Yes. Um, And I don't mind asking them out either. But if it's a second date and the guy doesn't ask, then I'm like later. It's like obviously the same shit. Yes. In real life, like what's good about in real life is like maybe perhaps someone you might not initially be attracted to. You might like just say no if it was for an app but in real life at least you can see their personalities right then and there mm-hmm. and you can just decide hey you know we kind of vibe even though maybe i initially wouldn't have thought you were that attractive but like it your personality brings you out i i yes. like you let's keep talking versus you can't see that on an app yeah i think that's why a lot of people don't end up meeting because like me already i was like if i had met that guy in person maybe mm-hmm. we would have clicked but i was quite bored by our online conversation but I, no but i think that also is a reflection of that guy i mean of like your vibe um okay this okay this i do know <laughs> if they're if your conversations are very boring at least for me on the app in person when i met up 
It wasn't any different. It was so I agree. See, I agree with you. And I've had some pushback from other friends say to me that that's not true because not everyone's like good on messaging or some not everyone's good at showing showcasing their personality or communicating via via text. That's what I know. That's the pushback that's been. But I'm I'm with you. I agree with that. <laughs> and I noticed trends were like. Even if we matched and then they ask me out for a date, okay, cool. And they they do it ahead of time. But within that time that they set it up and we actually meet, if they don't say anything in between, they're likely to be boring to me or we might have not anything to talk about. I know so when I met them in person, every single time I was like, fuck. I should start like tallying that. I, that's one of the things that really, like, really one of my, I mean, I have a long list of like <laughs> things that piss me off about online dating is like, there, everyone, every guy I talk to is like super quick to get to the date. Like you're just like, hey, hey, cool. Are you free on Friday? Not even that specific. Just like, do you want to grab a like beer? Right away. Right. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I don't want to waste my Friday night. So let's chat for a couple days. So then sometimes I'll say, I'm busy Friday, but let's keep talking and just mm-hmm. see what happens. Um, but I feel like with some of the guys, the minute that we actually made a date, it was like he went away. It's like he got the thing he wanted. Don't talk to him. After and then I'm like, boring. are we? I thought, can we still get to know each other? Is that allowed? Like, that's so interesting. Why would you just stop talking to me the minute that you finally get what you want, which mm-hmm. is for me to agree to a date, essentially, you know? Yeah. So when you start to go back on the apps again, which you will inevitably. Um, yeah. Any um, battle strategy going forward? Oh, I have a whole list from the, all the other times. Like, oh. <laughs> share, share I mean, away. Basically, very similar to what I said. Like, if they're not speaking to you within the moment you make the date, and when you go on, when it's about the time they don't talk to you, just, moving on. Okay. Yeah. Like, what else? Don't. He's probably boring. <laughs> if it's boring on via chat, it's gonna be boring in person. <laughs> moving on. Okay. Um, great. Next. <laughs> if if a guy says weird, they like something that's off to you. Listen to yourself. Do not ask you for your friend's advice. Cause like I listen to your have, gut. Yeah, I've done that before where I'm like, this this guy seems a little weird. I sent I screenshot it, I sent it to my friend, like, do you think this is weird? She's like, Yeah, but give it a chance, give it a chance. I listened to her and when when I did go out with that guy, it was just no. Is that so annoying? <laughs> You're like, no. I knew. I knew. Yeah. Why and didn't then I listen to myself? From then on, I'm like, no, when I'm when I'm when I feel something's questionable, I'm just like, I'm not gonna ask anyone else to let it go. I love your, your bravery and your inner strength where you're just like, I'm not going to settle for bullshit behavior. Mm. This is not worth my time. You're not self, self second guessing yourself, which I think a lot of us, me included, do. Um, also because I've been through a lot of shit already. So oh, honey, I'm I done. Know. I'm so done. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. If, if the world was like, just gathered all the women who were done with online dating, like we would probably end up filling at least Times Square, if not probably. the entirety of New York City. Probably. probably. Um, David, <laughs> look at his grin on his Hello. face. I'm so curious to know what's behind that smile. Are you ready to share your thoughts as the voice of the patriarchy? Would love to. Let's dig in. So um, let's talk first about what we were talking about at the top of the episode. Mm-hmm. We were talking... Um, uh, about how the way that you were brought up, the way you were raised, your heritage, and if that influences your approach to dating, if not, um, I don't know, just your feelings around dating in general. 
Um, yeah, so I grew up in California. I'm a fourth, fourth, fifth generation Japanese American. Wait, fourth uh, or fifth? You, well, you don't know either. No one knows. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> my, my grandmother was the second generation, so it makes me fourth generation. But her mother was already a second generation. Oh, okay. So you're thinking about like two so different sides of the family. Sides I'm, sides with family. I'm with you. I'm with you. So I'm uh, four to five. Four and a half. Four and a half. But that's also important because the problem of uh, all of that is our Japanese history in America. Yes. So that's a huge portion of where I'm coming from um, when it comes to dating and understanding um, where some of that, the research I've done from it and understanding my own, um, the backgrounds of either myself or my sisters. Mm. Um, so I grew up very American. Um, <clears throat> uh, my mother is half German um, and she's been, you know, they've been here for in California forever. Um, my dad is full Japanese. But what ended up happening, especially after the Japanese internment, uh, the incarceration, uh, Japanese were very eager to assimilate to American standards. So they they shut out everything. Um, I'll often hear my grandma, grandmother say racist things like tidbits about Japanese. And what? being like herself, she'll say, David, you're so beautiful because you have a bridge so on your sad. nose that, you know, Japanese don't have because you're half. And it's like. Thank you, Grandma. But that's also that's bad for yourself. Don't say that that you're not beautiful because you are. Yeah, it's and just like sh- shaming your own identity and wishing you were something else. That's really all the, painful to hear. It was really bad, and she said other things too. And just like that's where it will come from for me. I didn't even understand I was Asian until like two years ago. I knew I was Asian, but I didn't understand I was a person of color. And how that is so affected. Because you identify as American. Identified as sure, American. Sure, makes sense I, to me. Yeah, I grew up, I, even my, my dad was um, working hard. My mother cooked all our lunches. So my dad would cook on maybe a weekend, but she, my mother was there most of the time. So we'd eat just American food, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and um, chips and all but the things. For a lot yeah. of immigrant families, like that, that's literally the dream. Right. It's like you didn't come to uh, uh, America to like... You came here to start over. So mm-hmm. wanting to have the American thing, which is hot dogs and chips, yeah. is we take it for granted. But oftentimes that's a celebration of success and 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 privilege to be able to be partake and identify as part of the American culture. Right. Accepted by the others yeah. who, are, who are in that culture part of it. And so I never even grew up thinking I was necessarily different. I grew up in a very white suburb area. Weren't many Asians. Uh, I can't even think of. I can't even think of one in my elementary school through maybe middle school uh, and maybe a few in my high school. And then when I went to college, it was totally different. But at the same time, uh, I was already in this um, kind of white idea um, that those are my friends. Those are who mm-hmm. I was kind of around and hanging with. Yeah. Um, and I didn't. And even as that, I didn't see myself as the other Asians because they're coming from different cultural backgrounds. So I couldn't even relate to that point mm-hmm, because my mother mm-hmm. took most of care of us. Right. Um, my dad didn't really teach us a lot of like Japanese things. I kind of grew up on rice balls, but that was kind of it. Like wow. I didn't even like Asian food until I was maybe 14. Um, I was taking, I was literally taking Taco Bell into a pho restaurant because oh, <laughs> that's because we'd smell like kimchi and we just like, Ooh, my mom was like, Oh, that smells bad. So we'd mimic and understand, Oh, you think that's gross. So we should think that's gross too. So it's kind of an evolutionary thing that yeah. our parents are teaching us. Um, so it would just kind of, it just kind of filled in on that, but it wasn't until recently where I'm like, Oh, I'm going to explore 
my Japanese background. And yeah. Do all these things. Like rediscovering not just your heritage, but your identity. Totally. A little bit. So uh, how, do, how has that influenced like your approach to dating? So my approach to dating, I was... I was definitely dating white, a lot of white women before. Because um, that's what your you, your community was when you were growing up. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. who my community was. That's who I was uh, understood. And I, I felt like that was the same backgrounds. But um, and so I kind of came in here and there. We came to New York, um, a couple of Jewish women, um, one Hispanic. And then uh, it wasn't until recently, like, I just got back on the dating apps because I felt... It's like, I kind of feel like dating again and it felt great. Um, and I felt the same way. I was like, I didn't really relate to any, I couldn't feel this uh, connection with other white women. And I think it was like, I just, it was just so surface level. Mm-hmm, it wasn't something mm-hmm. like values weren't probably matching like in, yeah. in a surface level way, but it wasn't matching in such a way that felt so uh, grounded. And after like I had filled in, started doing my Japanese background, I felt this hole in my heart kind of being filled with this heritage background. I'm like, oh, this is kind of who you are yeah. and where you've come from. And this is how important that is to me. And so that's been a really big focus of mine. And to understand why that hole was there, I had done all my online research of why that hole was there. Yeah. And so to fill that in, it's just so um, kind of a, a relief, but also just so fulfilling for myself um, just to pick that up. So going into... Um, on the, I started, uh, started on Bumble cause I just got to feel like I don't want to be messaging people and like getting just, I'm like, I don't like to match and I say something. Perfect. You guys should just get together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I want, I would like someone to say it's message me first. Oh yeah. So no, honey, it feels like, good. I, I, and we all that. want that. <laughs> Love that. But I, as, as Cindy said, we just can't be sitting around. I got no time to wait for someone to say yes to me. And I completely agree. <laughs> and my thing, what I was realizing, I definitely wasn't liking the messages saying, Hey, Oh like, my God, like, don't even get me started. No. Don't even get me started. But just recently, um, this girl matched with me and she's like, hey, you're half Japanese too. That's really cool. Like this is, um, and it's like, where's your parents? And we kind of went through a background. There's this whole thing of just back and forth of understanding each other in that context. Yeah. In kind of different ways. She's taught me different, a different type of religion, which is really interesting. It's Japanese religion, a Tenryoke, Kenryoke, which I was like, Ooh, that's different from Buddhism that I know. And even Shintoism that I kind of know. So I thought that was, Oh, I'm like, I'm interested. This is really, I love this. Love. This is such a, this is a better framework for me than either of those two podcasts put it because it's, um, I mean, I guess you come at it from what I think is honestly a very patriarchal way by saying this is like a racial bias and it's, it's a negative thing, but, um, let's reframe it as like, I'm just trying to align my cultural background and my identity with someone who understands, as you said, Cindy, someone who understands that struggle a bit more. So maybe mm-hmm. it's not necessarily that like I'm attracted to one race or another, but really you're looking for a soul that understands your history and your struggle a little bit better than the next guy. Completely agree. This is a, this is a quote from an email that you sent to me. Mm -hmm. I hope it's okay if I share it. Um, I'm fourth generation American, the cultural roots of respect, shyness, and not touching think bowing instead of handshakes is something that gets passed down. Asian dating culture is so very different. To be honest, dating other Asians is even harder than interracial relationships, which is also a systemic issue. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you want to expand on that? Yeah. I was even talking to my mom about um, a 
the touching part of it. And she was like, yeah, we kind of just do, we do our hugs and that's about, we're not a touchy feely family. Um, that's kind of just, it never occurred to me that we would like flirt differently or, um, love differently. You Mm -hmm. know what? But of course, of course we do. You know what I mean? That didn't occur to me because I don't know. I don't know how to explain why. Like I just assumed like humans are humans and we all kind of like, we all fuck together. Right. (laughs) Just to be crass about it. Like we all do the same thing. But uh, when you phrase that, I was like, wow, I just, it opened my mind up in a way that hadn't been before. I, and I hadn't thought about that really either until I kind of understood why it felt so weird for me to, or I was not getting the same kind of attraction. I could see a lot of looks or something, people would flirt with me, but I don't flirt that way. So then people think I'm not interested in them. Yeah. So then they kind of just like fall off and leave. I'm like, Oh, that wasn't nice. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it is its yeah. own language. Yeah, and exactly. if, if culturally your family, uh, shows its love for each other in different ways, like you might not necessarily learn that language. Yeah. It's, it's that whole, the love languages, right? So mine is not touch. It's a lot of, um, uh, spending time or doing something really nice. It might, for me, it's a lot of cooking. I would love to cook for people. I'd love to bring you food or I'll come to your place and make you food there. And then to some people, it's just kind of weird, especially for like something so new. No, I have a friend and and she told me, she was like, uh, it took her a long time to embrace this because she was brought up American is that her family shows their like their love in action and not Mm -hmm. necessarily in the way that like a lot of, um, I guess you could say like American families do by positive reinforcement or, or like you're so beautiful and she never got that growing up and she thought she was like growing up in a state of lack when she realized all along that her parents were showing their love mm-hmm. and not and just not verbalizing it. Same. Yeah, I agree with that. That's I feel like that's how my family would do it. Yeah. Too. Very actionable. Very we'll just do things and, and make time, but it's not in certain ways of you're such a beautiful person. Um, we didn't, I don't think my family has that language to do it. We just kind of, we just, again, we just do. It's like the love language right. and just as a verbal and we're just kind of like, we're going to go spend some time, go do some certain things. My parents will just, here, you want something? Go ahead and here, I'll get it for you. And just that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but yeah, so I think it's, um, it's just an interesting way of, um, understanding once I, I didn't see it until I started to really see everything. And then it starts to break down and system systemically, uh, mostly for just the Japanese, um, especially for the Japanese, at least I can see it and feel it, um, is that whole portion was there was, um, you know, racist propaganda against the Japanese during World War II. And many of them actually went into uh, separated from the rest of the Japanese community because the idea was if you come in with all jumped in, um, grouped into other Japanese homes. It's so easy and to put be a, targeted. It's so easy to put a border around yeah, just yeah. that community. So my family went to uh, Lancaster, and my mom was like, "Yeah, there was like maybe six families, six Japanese families, maybe six Asian families that were there." And so you just see them so separated. Yeah. So it became uh, assimilated into this white culture of um, we're not, we're not them, we're not those people because right. um, we're Americans. Right. And so it just becomes an idea that gets passed down. Of course. All those things. So it's just um, same. And then it comes with the dating. It's like, we're not them. So you know, why would you date them? So even what about just um, sort of like online dating culture yeah. in general, anything that just like you want to vent about, <laughs> I'm just going to let you, let you have at it for a second. Um, what do you hate the most? What I hate. What doesn't work for you? What doesn't work for me is that I don't 
generally uh, used to not get a lot of matches. Now I feel like I'm getting a message. It might be the mustache or something, but <laughs> that's definitely changed. Like, oh, I'm getting a lot more clicks in this past week than I've ever Maybe it's your before. sexy man bun. Yeah, it's something in there. It's like helping out a lot. That's, my chain look has changed since the last time I've been online, so it's helped. Um, but I haven't it's hard for me to connect um, with because it, it kind of stays surface level questions. Yeah, of course. Um, which is fine and stuff like that. Um, I'm not the same person to one to ask to go out. I feel like that's too um, not impulsive, but uh, I don't want to spend the time if I'm not really interested in the conversation already here. So the same thing you guys are saying, like if you're not really filling the conversation in on the text, um, it's hard to feel like I'm going to do the same when you're there. Now I don't want to do that. But that's kind of what the app's for. It's like eh, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna f- filter out people in and out people don't realize this but like getting off the app is a motherfucking win like getting people to commit to meet in real life even if that date does not end up being good like that's already like you got the callback like Mm -hmm. i think (laughs) just getting off the goddamn machine yeah is i think a success in our society is I in think our culture getting off the app and into a text messages is even like, <laughs> You're even, like yeah. baby steps like, i do not cool. that's so interesting i do not give out my number before we meet in real life because i have learned the hard way yeah i can see that being a whole problem <laughs> that's a story for another yeah. time but um to one to that girl that did text me with the japanese we've actually we actually have our first date on saturday <gasps> So it's like oh I'm like, wow, I haven't had I haven't had a date in like Oh my god, two I'm so years. excited for you. This is exciting for me. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. I'm like, I'm so excited. Have bomb meat sandwiches and just do these <laughs> things. I'm like, this I'm already just we've been had great conversation just through text. Mm. I'm like really interested. That's what I like about I've never really liked online dating, but this is the first time I felt like, wow, this is what it's kind of this feels works really because you good. can, as a new thing, you can sort of like filter out yeah. like, oh, it's nice that like if you had met her at a bar, would you know that she's half Japanese? No, no. But then you had something to talk about, which has bonded you together, which is really bad. Right. And I usually go through either somebody who knows somebody or something. I'll wait for uh, an instinct to say something. Right. But it won't be like. I'm going to just go say hi and walk up to somebody. It'll be more like, there's something to say, whether it's, you know, oh, I like your me. jacket. No, like, it's not even, not even a compliment, more like it's the funny thing that happened to both of us. Like the train stopped. Oh, totally. So, something, totally. Yeah. Something like bonded shared moment. Yeah. Right. I don't really have to go just to make things happen. I kind of just, I just like a real, an honest moment between two people rather than I'm going, I want I'm to with you. be with you. I like it. Yeah. So it's harder. You guys, um, I really loved this conversation. Thank you so much for being here and being honest and uh, allowing me to ask potentially uh, embarrassing questions and maybe even non-woke questions. But um, I, I just I think we, it's better conversation if we just admit we're human and we admit our blind spots and mm-hmm. um, know what we know and know, don't know what we don't know. But uh, we can always change that at any time. So um, just thank you. Thank you so thank much you. for being here thank and, and for helping me like shake up hashtag single a little bit. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we'll catch you next time on hashtag single.